Welcome to Hall of Stubs, the podcast that covers MLB greats not in the Hall of Fame. Here's your host, Zachary Nikolai. Joining Hall of Snubs today, we have a great man. He is the voice of the Sacramento River Cats. Here he is, Johnny Dosco. Johnny, thanks for coming on, man. Great to be here, Zach. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So I want to ask you, you've been calling games for the River Cats for a very long time. Tell me a little bit about your broadcasting career. Sure. Yeah. You know, I started uh, back in, I started actually, uh, before I got into professional baseball, I started in 1991 in a town uh, named Charles City, Iowa. And I, so I was working there and Cresco, Iowa, Cresco, a town about 3,700. And I was broadcasting everything from softball, basketball, baseball, football, crab races, firework shows, anything. I, I brought, we broadcast everything. So I did that for a couple of years. And then I landed a job in Cedar Rapids with the Colonels, the Angel affiliate for, for three years. So I kind of worked my way up, was in Cedar Rapids three years, and then High Desert in Victorville for two years. And then 98 through 2000 in Fresno, and then Sacramento in 2001 up until the pandemic and still still with Sacramento. And you've been with them ever since. And they started out as the Athletics affiliate from 2000 to 2014, and then the Correct. Giants from 2015 to now. That's right, yep. And then, uh, got to throw it in there, you did get to call some games for the Athletics. I did, I did. 34 games, got the call for the A's back in 2012, which was a, uh, a wonderful experience. I had a chance to go to Fenway, chance to go to Camden Yards, Arlington, uh, Anaheim. Uh, Tampa Bay and Seattle. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was never, never forget it. It's always a great experience. And what I love about AAA that people don't really think about, it's you're seeing guys who are drafted and making their way to the majors, but not only that, AAA is also used for guys who are hurt or they just had surgery and they need those extra reps. So you get to see guys of all different talents and you can tell when someone's a man amongst boys in your career of broadcasting, how different has the talent been, even just from 2000 to now? Uh, you know, it's funny. There, were, there was a lot of talent coming up. You know, I, I remember the 2001 Sacramento Rivercats. And, you know, we were, we were fortunate. I mean, Billy Bean and David Forsen Company, they gave us a lot of good teams. So, you know, we have the, the, they, they loaded the AAA club. So we were fortunate. And through all those years, I uh, saw a lot of talented guys go through um, and there are still a lot of talented guys today. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, I think talent is talent and, you know, you're going to see guys that were talented in the early two thousands and guys that are going to be talented, uh, talented now, but it, it has changed. I would say it's changed a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I look through, I look back at the years and I think back at all the guys that I saw go through, as I was in a ball at first, go through a ball and get to triple a. Uh, and it's remarkable, all the talent you see in the Pacific Coast League of the guys that have gone up uh, from the minor leagues to the big leagues. It's, it's remarkable. So some of, the, some of the talent that came through. And, and the thing about the talent is I break it up into eras. So you were fortunate enough to be watching baseball for at least 40 years now. And so I classify baseball in the three different eras. I do the pre-steroid era, the steroid era, and the post, which we are now in. When you look at players, Kiwi Reese, you know, great shortstop. You compare him to Corey Seager, Corey blows him out of the water. But I think it's unfair to do that. How do you look at eras and look at players from different eras? Yeah, it's a great question. And it, it, it's interesting because, 
you look at a Pee Wee Reese and, and, and how, how was he in his era compared to Corey Seager in his era, right? Like, I mean, guys are obviously bigger and stronger today. I mean, you look at the, what you and I were talking about it before we went on here. Uh, you look at a Ryan Sandberg. I just remember watching ESPN Classic and seeing Ryan Sandberg in 1984 and seeing just how small he was, right? Like he's just an average, you know, average build. And then you see the way weight training is today. I mean, beyond steroids, but the way weight training is today and guys are just bigger. They're bigger, they're stronger. They care more about their bodies. It's, they do. They put that work. They do. They put more work into it. it just, it's, just, it's, it's just so different. And if, if, I mean, look at football. Look at football when you see guys, look at the height and weight of football players from 1960 compared to 1990 than compared to now, right? And these guys are, look at that Wisconsin line. They're all 310, 6'7", 310. Right? It's just a different, it's just a diff, different time. Uh, but yeah, you do you do have to look at different eras, and I know we're going to end the Garvey a little bit. But you look at different eras, and uh, and the the how, how different the players are. Uh, you you do have to kind of look at each era, as you said, in its it, with its own entity, right? Like you you have to kind of separate it because because it, every every era is different, right? So I ask that because I feel that is something that's going to harm the player. You already uh, hinted at it, who we're going to talk about today. I think the further away we get from his era, the less impressed people are going to be with him. So let's go ahead with it. Today, we're going to be talking about Mr. Clean himself, Steve Garvey. And I know you were lucky enough to grow up watching Steve Garvey. Can you tell me a little bit about when you think of him as a baseball player, what do you think of? You know, Zach, I thought he was, uh, you know, you talk about Mr. Clean, but I thought he was uh, the quintessential baseball player, right? You watch him at first base. I mean, yeah, how many times did he bail out Russell and say, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and Lopes? I mean, really mostly Russell, but, but those other guys too. Uh, I just, I thought of him as a Hall of Famer growing up watching him. You know, he was, he was kind of a, a, a Rose was kind of my childhood hero, but watching Garvey, he, he was the guy, right? I mean, he was, you know, 200 hits seemed like every year. Uh, you just, you know, listening to Vin Scully and watching Garvey, watching that infield together eight years, Garvey was was uh, the integral part of that infield and integral part of the Dodgers. And he was the key. And just, uh, yeah, I, I thought if you would have asked me when I was growing up and I he won the MVP in 74, but when I was seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, you would ask me, is Garvey going to be a Hall of Famer? I'd say, of course he is. I'd say, there's no question about it. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, but you know, you get older and you, and you kind of look through the numbers a little bit and, uh, you know, you, you go back and forth on it. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. It, you talk about Garvey and when Rob Pukazaki told me where I was going to talk to you and, and he said, you're going to talk about Garvey, I delved into the numbers a little bit more and it's closer than people think. Like at first, you know, my first reaction is, no, come on, he's, he's short. There's no way. But then you look at the numbers from that era and it's, it's closer than you think. So I, I like that it is. I like that because I grew up thinking he's a Hall of Famer. So it's kind of cool to, to look at the numbers a little bit and say, well, maybe, maybe we have some here, you know? It's funny because we talk about eras. That's kind of been a theme we're talking about. You take his accolades. I don't care if you put him in 2020, 2010, 1970, 10-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover, World Series champ, MVP. That's impressive. Right. When you start to look at the numbers, though, that's when you start to go, okay, 2020 status, 2010 status, that's not too impressive. So the most impressive thing about his numbers is the 294 batting average. Uh, He hit only 272 home runs, just one hit shy of 2,600 hits. He's only at 1,308 RBIs. Doesn't seem impressive, but the numbers don't tell the entire story. Can you tell me what makes 
Steve Garvey so special as a player? Yeah, I just think, you know, he, he, he made his, he made everybody else around him better, which is what, you know, many Hall of Famers do, but he also, uh, and I think, you know, he won the four gold gloves, but he wasn't like a slick defensive first baseman. He just, he was able to dig everything. I mean, he, he dug everything out, but just having him in the lineup, that was, that was a guy that, that the, you know, the national league, they said, Oh, they, they look okay. Garvey's in the lineup. Like he was, he was that guy, right? Like, he, okay, Steve, we got to figure out how we're going to pitch to Garvey here. He would, you know, 294, 200 hits seven times, right? 10 time all-star. You said, as you four time gold glove uh, and three thirty eight lifetime hitter in the postseason, Right. So, so in the postseason, he had some great, everybody remembers the five for five was San Diego, that big three home runs, two doubles, whatever it was, but he was a great postseason hitter. Right. So, so up in October, you get remembered forever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that, 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 that means something. Now, you know, I will say this, as far as the, um, the all-star games, I, you know, you look at the first baseman in that time, I mean, you'd have Stargell, you had Rose later, you had Perez later. Uh, but at that time, you know, it, he didn't have a ton of competition at first base. So I will say that. Um, but uh, you know, his numbers were, were great. Now there are a lot of guys whose numbers were, kind of like Garvey's that, that aren't in. You talk about like the Will Clarks and the Fred Lins, uh, Bernie Williams. Of course, Williams was a little later, Paul O'Neill and those guys. But uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm not there with him yet I, with, with Garvey as far as the hall. I'm, I'm just not there, Zach. You know, I, I, I delved into the numbers. I think it's closer than I thought, which I like, but he's just a little short to me, to me. And I disagree with you. I do think that the numbers from his era and what he meant to his team, he is a Hall of Famer. But something that people overlook as a casual fan, but as a Hall of Fame voter, they look at obviously player record, player ability, contribution to team, as you should. There are three things that they also look at, though, which is sportsmanship, character, and integrity. And expectations, I feel, are the reason people get disappointed. So if I were to go to you, Johnny, and I say, you got to eat at this restaurant. It's the best food you've ever had. You go there and it's, eh. Uh -huh. Doesn't mean the food's bad. It just right. means it's not what I built it up to be. People right. do this with movies, TV shows, food. They do it with a lot of things. And I feel that's what happened to Steve Garvey when he was labeled Mr. Clean. And so you look at Mr. Clean, you obviously remember, oh, clean shaven, perfect hair, pretty smile. He had the beautiful wife, two kids. He was perfect. He was so perfect. He was so charitable. He even helped out with the Special Olympics. There was a school in California where they had it named after Abraham Lincoln. And they said, you know what? This school named after a president who freed slaves. No, get rid of the name. We're going to name it after Steve Garvey. I remember that. It was that's how great this guy was. People at the time when they were watching him, they said, he's so perfect. I would vote for him to be in the government. They were thinking of him to be a future senator. That's right. I that's, remember that. That's how clean this guy was. Yeah. And all of a sudden that changed. Right. That's when later on, uh, when he was on the Padres, it was found out his teammates, they were not as impressed. They were more amused with his image. They used to kind of pick on him. There's a story of he went to a pool party as a padre and they threw him in the pool and they, they just kind of were amused with his image. And then they found out later after he won MVP with the Dodgers, his teammates resented him. They envied him. 
and they even misunderstood him. And it's because he didn't hang out with the guys. He didn't do the traditional stuff where he would drink with them, smoke with them, you know, mm -hmm. curse with them, gamble, you know, that typical guy stuff back then. He just tried to keep his perfect image that harmed his relationship with teammates. And then what kind of pushed him over from being Mr. Perfect to Tommy Lasorda, the late manager, he said, if this man wanted to date my daughter, I would lock the door and not let him out. He was so perfect to everybody. Then later on, he went and divorced his wife and it was found out that he had children with women outside of marriage. And all these things added up. If you look at it as a normal person, yes, it's wrong, but it's not the worst thing you can do. You look at sports players, it's not the worst thing you can do. But when you're labeled Mr. Clean, it harms you more than it should. Do you think all these off-field antics that happened to Steve Garvey harm his Hall of Fame case? It's a great question, Zach. I think if his numbers were different, I don't think it would. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame who were had a questionable character had questionable character issues. So I think for me, it's it's uh, it's kind of a numbers thing for me. And I, I honestly, I don't really. I try to separate the character thing. I know it says, oh, you know, the character thing, but I mean, look, Ty Cobb's in the Hall, right? I mean, you know, so there are a lot of there are some guys with questionable. Uh, character that that are in the Hall of Fame. I just think his. I just personally think his numbers are short. I whatever he did, you know, whatever he does in his personal life, the Hall of Fame. I think it's uh, it's what you do uh, on the field, personally. You know, so I think, you know, it, it had his number. You know, even had he got to 350, 375 home runs, right? Then then I then we're talking a little bit more. But I just think he. I just think his numbers overall are 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 short. Now look. Uh, 1,207 consecutive games that too that's another pro for him but I, I don't look at it Zach with the with the character thing I think he, no matter what his character was and what, what he does in personal life if his numbers would have been better I, I'd be on board with him being in the hall so as we come to the end of the episode I like to play uh, a game with my guest where we are both a part of the Baseball Writers Association of America that is the group that votes on the Hall right. of Fame uh, I'm going to give you a vote. You seem pretty vocal. Uh, if you want to explain a little more uh, your decision on Garvey, um, we'll go into that in a little bit. And then right after that, I want to be realistic with you. So it's a little easier because Garvey already missed the ballot. Uh, right. It would be decided by the Veterans Committee. Sure. Do you see Garvey ever making the Hall of Fame? So first question, Johnny Dosko, you are a BBWA voter. Is Steve Garvey getting in the Hall? Why or why not? Uh, he he is not for me uh, as a voter. I just don't think uh, I just don't feel uh, even in his era. I just don't think he has quite the numbers. Is he close? Absolutely. And I, I do. This was a great exercise because I was really looking, delving into the numbers, and he's he's close. Just to me, he's just a little bit short to me uh, as far as being in the hall. And it and, and I'm disappointed. I'm my I'm. My younger self is disappointed with me right now because my younger self wanted him to be a Hall of Famer and I thought he was going to be a Hall of Famer. But uh, just uh, just looking into it, I, I, I'm going to say no. And then realistically, we're looking at the Veterans Committee. What do you see happening? That, that, that is, uh, you know, as, it's funny as we get later on in life, say we get 5, 10, 15, 20 years, will the numbers be different then just in baseball than they are? Because things change after the course of time. So he's... 
I would say he has a chance by the Veterans Committee, but I'm going to say it's going to be a while. I'm still going to say it no for that for now for the Veterans Committee. But we get, I mean, let's talk in 10, 15 years. I may have may have a different answer for you as far as the Veterans Committee on that, you know. Johnny, you brought a lot of great points. Sadly, I got to disagree with you. You know, I think he anchored a great infield, probably the best infield of all time for at least eight years. You know, I think he did a lot for that city. Only one world, one world series, but I mean, went to the Dodgers, four of them took a bad San Diego team and went to one more with them, ended up yep. losing obviously. But I mean, such a difference maker for that team, not only as a hitter, he was one of the few to hit over 200 hits multiple times. I think it was seven, you know, he was such a game changer, meant so much to his team. Numbers don't really support it, but he meant more to his team than anyone ever know. So I got to give the nod to Garvey. I think the Veterans Committee will come to their senses, and I think something will finally happen for Steve Garvey. So that's the beauty of this, though, right? That's the beauty of it. I love this. I love to argue about it. It's great. That, that's why there's more than one voter, right? That's right. Absolutely. Johnny Dosco today joining Hollis Snubs, the voice of the Sacramento River Cats. Johnny, thank you so much. And again, I mean, I think you do a hell of a job of what you do. I hope to see you in the majors again. One Thanks. Day. Appreciate it, Zach. I enjoyed this very much. Appreciate it. Thanks again, Johnny. Join Hollis Snubs next week as we discuss a player who doesn't even want to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm Zachary Nikolai. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Hall of Snubs. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Hall of Snubs. You can follow the host on Instagram at Zachary underscore Nikolai. Thank you to Mike Lapones for his oversight of this production. Hall of Snubs is a University of Laverne senior project.